Hello and welcome to the FT Advisor podcast. Each week we'll be joined by guests from the financial services world to discuss the most pressing industry issues. I'm Amy Austin, news editor at FT Advisor, and today I will be discussing how rising inflation affects pensions and savers with Tim Morris, independent financial advisor at Russell & Co, and Jane Jones-Tilmsley, a self-invested technical specialist at Barnett Waddingham. So welcome to you both and thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Morning. Over the past few weeks, um, inflation has hit a fresh 40-year high of 9.1%, with no signs of it actually slowing down. Um, in fact, it's actually expected to reach double digits very soon, which is a scary prospect. So I thought we could start maybe by discussing what exactly this means for pensions. Um, James, I don't know if you want to kick this off for us. Yes, I mean, it, it, we've had the latest figure through this morning, Amy, um, the ONS has come in with 9.1% as the CPI rate to mail of this year. Uh, and again, it's, as you've already said, it's a fresh 40-year high. And I think what's also interesting, uh, and whether this is coincidental, but on the front pages of today's newspapers, there's a lot of mention about the triple lock for state pension. And the interesting thing is that the government seemed determined to press on with the triple lock again and make it return uh, next year after a year of pausing it um, because they were worried about this anomalous spike in earnings growth that would have probably seen the state pension increase by about 8% at this April just gone. Now, with the benefit of hindsight, when you look at what CPI was in April at 9%, it would have been almost inflation matching. But instead, um, it was 3.1%. So pensioners now are suddenly facing this cost of living squeeze, along with many other people in the country, um, where the state pension increased only by a third of CPI. Uh, so if they do press on with the triple lock, and it does uh, relate to whatever the figure is in September this year, the CPI figure, then there is the potential for a double-digit increase in the state pension from next April, which will be great for pensioners uh, and, and arguably long overdue in some respects. But that's against a backdrop of rail strikes and a call from the government to show fiscal discipline for various groups of workers in the pay increases that they're looking for. So we also almost have got a bit of a sort of two-track thought process there. Sure. And what about from an advisor perspective, Tim? What does this kind of, how has this rising inflation been affecting pensions in the world that you see? Yeah, so for me, I, I'm in agreement with James in terms of, um, you know, what, what they did with the state pension increase last year, it wasn't sufficient. But at the time, I was very much thinking, well, you know, this seemed a, a bit of a one-off um, increase because of the fact that the COVID lockdowns had ended and we'd seen that that big uplift um, and, um, and and not only that but all the messages were about inflation being trans <laughs> transitory which <laughs> you know it's not going away anytime soon um, so you know we are in this um, you know high inflation environment which we haven't seen the likes of in yeah as I say 40 years and um, you know I think we're, we're going to definitely hit double figures and you know, it's when it comes down is, is you know, the million dollar question. That's that's what we all want to know, um, because it, it will have an impact on on people, on their pensions, on their savings. 
um, and on their you know standards of living in retirement and well not just in retirement but but now you know so um, it is a big concern for all. Sure and with kind of cash being the kind of main thing that's kind of like ravaged by inflation um, would you say that kind of like where pensions and investments will hopefully have a growth rate that kind of combats the effects of inflation by giving like better returns would you say it's better for people to maybe continue to contribute to a pension rather than kind of stopping doing this um james i don't know what you think about this well of course we've lived through years of very very low inflation by historic standards and of course historic low base rates uh, which has translated through to incredibly low interest rates so given that pensioners uh and, and not just pensioners but other people saving up for their pension maybe those nearing retirement uh trying to find decent income producing assets, both cash and also uh, different forms of investment, it's been a struggle. And we are now seeing um, a con- what seems to be a continuous increase in the base rate. And I, I genuinely think that we haven't seen the last increase yet. And we are starting now to see an uptick in savings rates, interest rates for, for cash and bonds and hopefully that will feed through to to equities as well but the problem is the more you try and increase interest rates the the impact the bigger the impact that that can have on the economy uh, and economic growth and we've seen quite a collapse recently in the stock market certainly in america as well as to a lesser extent here in the uk and so those who are saving for retirement and probably could investing the majority of their pension funds in equity-based collectives or maybe even stocks and shares, clearly that has a, a downward impact on that. And uh, and the government, certainly the regulators, are very keen for people to try and invest more of their funds in equities, uh, both before and during retirement, as opposed to uh, staying in cash, predominantly in cash. So it's it's a real dilemma, I think, overall. And I mean, Tim will, you know, have a lot of direct experience of this in the in the work that he does with his clients. Sure, Tim. How have you kind of been managing this with clients? Have you been, you know, saying investment is key? Yeah, we we're very much in a you know this environment whereby um, we have hit a bear market, at least in the S and P um, in in the US, and people are obviously concerned and thinking, well, how much further will things fall? Because, you know, the the economic environment isn't going to improve anytime soon. Um, you know, we, it's likely we'll hit a recession. But for me, it's actually good news when we do hit the recession, because by the time you've actually heard that, you're probably over the worst of it, because that date is always at least, you know, a couple of months behind or so. Um, but, but the mantra of cash is king, you know, really doesn't just doesn't work for people at the moment because of the fact that inflation is so high. So if you've got somebody who's thinking, well, I'm a better off in cash, you just show them a chart of the impact of inflation and, and they'll soon put off when you look at the, the type of inflation, the rates that we've got now. So, uh, you know, for me, yeah, you're not going to see double digit returns, perhaps, you know, from equities over the next year or so. But that's the only way that you're going to get close to this double digit inflation in terms of, you know, keeping your the value of your money from not being eroded over the next few years. Sure. And I might stay with you, Tim, because um, just thinking about kind of, you know, this inflation and everything, is it kind of 
a crucial time for people in drawdown to kind of review whether the amount they are taking is actually sensible in the long term? Like, is this something you've been looking at with clients? Very much so. So th- this has been a big part of reviews with clients this year. And and you'd always have some clients who are more concerned about the markets. But, you know, it is very much a case of looking at business as usual in terms of, well, you know, yes, it, it could have an impact on some clients in terms of how much they're drawing from the pension. But that's where we're working with them in terms of, you know, the, the cash flow forecast to say, well, actually, you know, how does this impact you in the, in the longer term, in the bigger picture? And for most people, it's a case of, well, it won't have a, a massive impact. And it is, you know, business as usual in terms of, okay, yes, they might have to, you know, tighten the belt a little bit and spend a little bit less, but that's what people are expecting. And and those clients who, at retirement have actually seen this environment before. Whereas for me, I was just about born in the 70s, but uh, I can't say <laughs> I've got any memory of what happened even in the early 80s, you know, in that inflationary environment. Um, and, you know, we hear all these stories about the, you know, winter or summer of discontent, as it may be, uh, or what have you. But, um, you know, they've, been, they've lived through this. They, they know how it is. You know, they've experienced it. Um, and and yeah, they'll sort of cut their cloth accordingly, I think, for most people. Sure, James, I don't know if you have anything to add to this. Well, I completely agree with, with Tim's comments. And I think a very good point he made is that the retirees of today, the, the people who are in drawdown now, um, will have lived through times like this before. Um, and so you know, there's that sort of discipline there that they'll have had to apply in their working lives that they now need to apply in their retirement. And I think the beauty of drawdown is that there is that completability um, to be as flexible as you need to be. And and if necessary, you know, arguably, I'm not saying this should be done, but if you didn't want to take any money at all from your drawdown pot for one year to, to try and help the growth um, to return some of the income that you've taken from it to to uh, help with that, then then you can do. But it's uh, if you compare that with annuities, I think uh, what's interesting is that annuities now. I, I did see the other day that annuity rates are at a, an eight-year high, uh, which is we're going back to pre-pension freedoms territory there. Mm. And of course, the pension freedoms, particularly when it was first announced by uh, George Osborne back in the March 14 budget, um, certain annuity companies' stock price was halved that afternoon because yeah. basically, if you remember, Tim, he sort of said, you never, have to, <laughs> yes, you never have to buy an annuity ever again sort of thing, and uh, as well as promising free advice, but we won't go there. <laughs> um, and clearly, Drawdown now has taken over from annuities, but I personally, I still feel there is always going to be a place for annuities, particularly as people get older. Um, but of course, if the, again, it's, it's the cost of inflation proofing an annuity just decimates the income from that annuity. And, you know, you do the, the charts and the graphs and it takes probably well over 20 years, if not more, to actually say, well, by going for an RPI link or CPI linked annuity as opposed to a level annuity, um, you've got to be getting it for a good 20 years plus in order to sort of say, yes, I've actually won and I've beaten the uh, Mm. annuity provider. Um, And that's down then to a person's longevity. So I think the good thing about drawdown is that flexibility. But I think the other thing I would want to emphasize is how important it is to have an advisor 
like Tim, working alongside you on an annual basis and reviewing your drawdown strategy. Um, what we have seen since the pension freedoms, and it really worries me, is the rapid growth of non-advised drawdown. And there'll be a lot of people out there not really knowing what to do for the best. And, uh, you know, I think there will be um, people who will suffer from that. Yeah, and I guess with the cost of living just kind of going a bit crazy at the moment, is there kind of a worry that, you know, people are kind of taking a step back from their pensions maybe and just kind of looking at the here and now rather than the long term? I don't know if there's something you've seen with your clients, Tim, or if they've come to you kind of, you know, panicking. Yeah, so as I say, there would always be some who are more concerned, um, you know, even very concerned and, um, you know, will need a bit more guidance and hand-holding, if you like, um, um, and, and reassurance. But I think generally that, um, yeah, people aren't overly concerned in terms of, you know, the impact that it's going to have on on that retirement pot. And um, and also, you know, the way we structure their um, investments is, is a case of, well, you know, you can draw money from you know the you know lower risk parts of the portfolio but also not just that but it's about keeping these pots of cash and so because cash values are being eroded then it's a case of well you may as well spend that money now and and wait for the investments to pick back up because you know it will happen and um you know as James mentioned in terms of you know interest rates increasing you know we have got an environment where you know, we've not seen interest rates this high in 14 years um, nearly. So so actually people are thinking, well, um, yes, I can get a better rate on my cash savings, but nowhere near what I need to be getting. So therefore, yeah, you know, why, why not spend the cash that they've got? And, and it's a case of same as the financial crisis. They're appreciating that it could well take a year or two to recover the fully the losses that they've made um, from the investments. But as I say, most clients will advise them to have at least a year's or so worth of cash. And so, you know, they're confident that it will see them through this and that you know, that their investment pot, you know, retirement pot won't be impacted in, in the longer term. Yeah. Sure. And James, I don't know if this is kind of a trend that you've been seeing, maybe. Yes. And, and, and it does sort of also make me slightly nervous again with what the pension freedoms allowed people to do and certainly in the early days after they were introduced in april 15 there were lots of stories of people literally withdrawing all the money from their pension fund because they could and then sticking it in a bank account which <laughs> yes. you know arguably you know tim and myself would be shaking our heads at that for so many financial reasons Absolutely. um but but I do think there was genuine concern about holding money in a pension plan around that time because of what was going on in pensions and arguably the constant tinkering of pension rules and regulations by the government, um, which arguably started in 2010. And I think one of the things that certainly we've spoken about at Barnet Waddingham um, over the last few years is the the tax traps that are out there. And probably the biggest one of all is the money purchase annual allowance because in an environment that we have now and you could argue this could apply when the pandemic first visited us in 2020 suddenly people on furlough not earning what they were earning and of an age where they can access their pension were raiding the pensions piggy bank in mm. order to get money to you know live on a day-to-day -day basis and so there is a concern and again i think this particularly for people who 
are not receiving ongoing financial advice, they could see their pension pot as a ready home uh, for money and raid it um, in order to meet ever-increasing gas bills and things like that, and then inadvertently turn on the money purchase annual allowance, which then means when hopefully things do get better and earnings improve and people want to make up for lost time, they suddenly find that they're limited to 4,000 a year as a maximum yeah. contribution. And, and and that includes employer contributions as well. So it really is a tangle. It's a tangle of rules and tax traps and things like that, uh, which, and, and I, you know, like Tim, I, I hope people are prepared, especially those of an age who've lived through similar times before, are of an age to sort of think, right, let's just use what we can um, in our savings just to see us through. And then hopefully we can get back to working with our pensions and contributing again, uh, hopefully in the not too distant future. Mm. So um, you may have seen that the ABI has called on ministers to kind of consider allowance savers to dip into their pension pots before they reach um, retirement age if they're facing um, financial hardship. What do we think about this idea? I mean, I kind of, I'm guessing what you guys are going to say. I'm going to say it's a bad idea. <laughs> what, um, what do you think, Tim? Yes, <laughs> thanks for coming to me on that one. Uh, definitely got a view. And, you know, going back to what James was saying, you know, there, there are people who, and I've had this quite a bit. So the, the difference is what I was talking about before of existing clients and the difference is new clients. And I had one in particular who came to me um, that raided their pension and and had triggered the money purchase an annual allowance so restricted four thousand um, pounds not knowing that they would were doing that and, and what they were thinking was well yeah they needed some money short term they had a particular pension pot but also some other pensions including their workplace pension and and then all of a sudden yeah they'd restricted what they could receive in terms of their employer contributions so um this is where we have to be really careful and where the, the sort of coaching part comes in to help our clients avoid those mistakes um and yeah you know we will have some clients who want to take you know do exactly what james is saying want to take all the tax-free cash put it in the bank and again this is where we're having the conversation to say well actually you've already got some cash savings how about using those first and, and keeping your pension for what it's intended for which is for retirement and and you know it's perfectly fine if if somebody's got um you know debt or you know wants to pay off their mortgage because it's going to help them afford to retire sooner not a problem with that um but you know that's that's generally good advice but yeah where somebody just wants to take that money and put it in the bank um because they're concerned about the stock markets that's really what we need to help people avoid making those mistakes sean what about you james do you think this is a good idea it's certainly not the first time it's been raised and i know that i think there are other countries where it is allowable um, to to a greater or lesser extent, I think one of the good things about pensions, one of the many good things about pensions, is that you are purposefully locking your money away for the future, which then removes that temptation to put the hand in the jar at certain points in your lifetime. Even though there will be parts in people's lifetime when they really could do with more money very quickly um, buying a house is an obvious one uh, a new addition to the family is, is, a, is another one and so and also I suppose in times of financial crisis it would be 
reassuring uh, to allow people to access some of their pension funds to help them through the short term. Um, but I, I mean, I think the starting point is it's generally best not to. It really should be left until at least 55, certainly at the moment, before access is allowed. If it were permitted, there would have to be very, very strict rules around how much could be withdrawn and also that things like the money purchase annual allowance would not be triggered. Mm. Um, so I'm not completely debunking it. And I think it will be an idea that keeps returning to the table. But I agree with Tim, really, that there has to be discipline there and you know, leave the pension until the end uh, as far as you possibly can. Yeah, I think with this kind of idea, there's always a temptation, like there would have to be kind of rules in place that where you'd maybe have to show that you're in financial hardship because, you know, yep. we, all, we all have savings account. I have a savings account. When I, you know, go on holiday, do I dip into it? Absolutely, because it's easy for me to do so. So if my pension was there to do that, would I dip into it? You know, I'm, I might. But if because it's locked away and I forget about it, I just don't touch it. Like, you know, it's there. I know I can't get to it until I'm like X amount of years old. Um, so will these kind of, you know, these safeguards really have to be quite strict? But then if they're that strict, is there any point in doing this anyway? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much agree with that. And, um, you know, this is where by looking at the different wrappers, you know, tax wrappers that clients have, you know, most of my clients will have an ISA, um, at least as well as maybe a general investment account and uh, some other wrappers. But it is a case of saying, well, yeah, you've got a pot of money that you've put away for the shorter to medium term. And yeah, if you really do feel you need a bit of extra cash, um, if there's any pressing issues, then that money's there for that. And there's an argument with the lifetime ISA that it should be made potentially a bit easier to access that because, you know, yeah. people do put money into ISAs thinking that that's something they can get hold of if they need to and perfectly fine. You know, if that's how it's set up, how it works, then I've not got a problem with that. Um, now, the, the issue with that at the moment is, is there's a penalty on it and, um obviously pensions they've removed um you know penalties you know on pensions which again is a good thing but i guess the the downside to it is it does encourage people to you know take the money more easily and you know again with pension freedoms and all of the legislation has been making it easier and and it will tempt people and you know being a bit cynical i'm sure the governments are quite happy if they you know spend more money sooner rather than later but um you know with my advisor cap on yeah we, we've got to encourage against those behaviors sure well tim james thank you so much for joining us today tune in next week where we'll discuss other goings on in the industry 